0: If I want to talk about a guy, I hook up with a guy. And you're down there in Mississippi or somewhere else in New York, conservative, and is like, well, I don't want to hear about this. Okay. Well, let me help you. (laughs) Hey, you can find your way to (laughs) Block City, honey. Block City, Pennsylvania.
1: (laughs) You're listening to This Cupod Life, a podcast that looks at the world through the lens of a queer person of color. That's Oz. Yeah. Now, if you're joining us for the first time, you are welcome in this place. If you're coming back, well, we still have a lot to talk about. So let's get you caught up. This week, I am joined by three of my favorite non-toxic crayon colors. So please introduce yourselves. Hi, everyone. My name is Carlos Rios, and you can catch me
2: online at Fabulo. My pronouns are he, she, they hers is and Dr. Sigmund Freud yes which color which color in the crayon box and my color is cerulean honey yes ooh my
3: favorite. Uh, my favorite um <clears throat> hello everyone my name is Zachary Aris you can find me online at Zachary Aris um my pronouns are open my Filipina third eye is also open, open. <laughs> um and I'm enjoying my whoring 20s
1: what color in the crayon box are you <gasps>
3: Oh my god, oh my god, um, purple pizza. And okay, purple
0: pizza. I think that's a rose art color. Well, I'm. She didn't I'm, have money.
3: I'm, <laughs> she didn't have money. For I'm a okay. mixed boxed inter. <laughs> let me. <laughs>
0: Damn, she couldn't get that Crayola money.
3: I said, any any crayons that want to be in the box are welcome, and that's just the crayon that I identified with.
0: Well, I had the crayon box with the crayon sharpener. With sharpener the, deluxe, the 60 pack, yes. yes. Oh, so she came from wealth. Yeah, but it didn't turn out an artist. So. And, and look what happened—the the one with the rose art. The yeah. rose art. maybe we career. need to do a research study. I'm Jonathan, A.K.A. Blasian F.M.A. My pronouns are he him and his, and the color in the box that I am is brown. Because I'm brown. Come on, brown, <laughs> brown. <laughs> no, I appreciate that because, yeah. like, I wanted to make sure that I
1: incorporated brown into the web into the web design somehow because it's a hard color to design with. Yeah. It people. is. So I was like, you know what? We're just
0: gonna. It's do it's, it. it's a very rare corporate color. So, so yeah. 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 look at our website, thiscupock.life.
1: Yeah. There you go. Uh, you may call me Joe Lee. That is Joe with no e. My pronouns are they, them, theirs, and brute, and my. The color that I am is indigo. Okay.
0: Ooh. Oh! I love that for you. It's the one on yeah. the spectrum that you can't really see. right? But she's still there. Well, but she's still
3: kind, there. Yeah. kind No, you can still see it. The one that actually doesn't exist is
0: magenta. That's a trick of right. your eyes. Right. Oh, you know, though, um, I didn't mean to say that. You can't see. It's the one that nobody includes when we're talking about the colors of the rainbow. That's right. why you got to say Roy G. Biv. And the Biv... No, the I in Biv is, is indigo. indigo. And nobody says indigo when you're making a rainbow flag. They're like, nobody says indigo. They just, that's goes- they, well, they, that's they because in,
3: in prison they used to call me indigo. indigo
1: so. Oh, there we go. Okay. Well, speaking of crayon colors... Not to invalidate colors, your existence, right. Julie. Speaking of crayon colors and in the hoe, you're listening to... The award-winning
2: <laughs> This Cupac Life. life. <laughs> that was transition.
1: <laughs> this <laughs> pop Life...
0: I hate (laughs) my lenses. Oh my god. (laughs) Like an old Filipino Lola (laughs) looking out in the sun. Try it. My eyebrows tattooed on.
2: (laughs) Are (laughs) those (laughs) sunglasses? My dark skin. That dark lip liner.
3: (laughs) A little lemon juice still resting on my skin because I was bleaching in the back. And then my transitions. Oh I gotta go. (laughs) And my perm. All right, here we go. Cool.
2: So if this is the first time that you're listening to us, I'm going to set it down very easily for you all. And if you've been here before, well, welcome back. At the beginning of this season, we challenged each other to certain goals that we wanted to make sure that we accomplished by the end of our season, which happens at the end of May, give or take. So with that in mind, I thought it would be a great time to check in with each other and see how are we doing in progress to our goals, because... A hey, goal measured is a goal met.
0: Okay. H R corporate talk. Come right on, there. Mary, Mary. <laughs>
2: Jonathan, how are you doing on your goal?
0: Woo! My goal for all those who are new um, is to finish principal photography on the independent film that I am writing, producing, and directing. Oh, she's a multi Direct. Watch um, out, Barbara Streisand. She. Not her. <laughs> maybe Spike Lee. But oh, okay, that not <laughs> that white woman um, <laughs> Not on this podcast Damn uh, At least uh, they didn't call you Tyler Perry <laughs> <laughs> I Take him before Barbara Um Sis, we see you with that brooch Oh, I was looking for somebody walking in the hallway for <laughs> No, me. I was talking about Tyler <laughs> Perry, girl <laughs> <laughs> So, um, yeah, I uh, am Okay, so update I mean, I don't even know where the last time we did an update Where I was We had a table read we, I've casted it um, I just recently put out a production call for to assemble a team, and I've got friends at Slay TV. I've got friends um, in the Black queer content creator community, and um, we're we're putting that together. Got to finish the screenplay. I've given myself a deadline of February first.
1: I saw the outline for that
0: screenplay. I'm very excited. Thank you. I'm very excited. We go. Well, who's next? Who's going to tell us? Is it Jolie?
1: I'll go, sure. So, my goal was to get some uh, bookings as myself for Pride. Now, it's still too early to start submitting myself for those bookings, but I am actively working on my next single release. Really says, <gasps> release. Did says. I hear the S? Yes.
2: Oh. Yes.
1: I am talking plural. I am. Currently working on what will be released uh, this month, what will be released in February, and what will be released in March. Uh, three, once, twice, three right. times one of, the one, of 80. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> three times <a> day. <laughs> That's going on my Twitter bio (laughs) (laughs) immediately. You're welcome. Thank you. I'm looking forward to getting those out. The the song coming out in March is actually a co-write that I did with some friends and I'm really excited about. Um, I've got other collaborations that are coming, songs I'm I'm co-writing for other artists. And a bonus update, a song that I co-produced with my friend Kisos just got put. On Queer Necessities, uh, the Billboard Pride playlist on Spotify. (gasps) Oh, come on now. Mm -hmm. Nice. I'm real excited. Of course, that pales in comparison to the... The playlist placement that Carlos Rios gave oh, me. Oh,
2: that's on my work playlist, and you know, I got significant with, numbers from that. you did, and you know that one of your at least one of your jams will be going onto the playlist for yes. this year. So don't you worry about it, Boo Boo. I got you. Be ready?
3: I started uh, the beginning or the uh, beginning of this challenge with the goal of learning Tagalog, and I've searched high and low, and it's just I cannot find like in person classes in New York. And I've really struggled and I waste a lot of time with that. So I had to sort of reevaluate what my challenge was for this season. Um, And I kind of realized I had, I have to do a new challenge uh, because there is a chance that um, my roommate may be moving in with her partner in June. (laughs) So I have to quickly get first, last security moving fees saved up. And I was like, I was very worried about it. Because I was like, that's a lot of money. It's a lot of fucking money. That's a lot. That's uh, many thousands. But then I was like, you know what? Something I realized that I did over the summer from August until now is I paid off my credit card debt from, you know, $5,000 to zero. And yes, yes, ma'am. I realized I was like, wait a second. I might be able to do this. You can. So I'm just going to eat a lot of ramen.
1: Perfect. The end. I'm still eating a lot of ramen. So we, there we go. We
3: got ramen at the house. <laughs>
1: All right. Well, in related money news, well, well, real quick, oh, sorry. real quick, I wanted to tell you that yeah. you're not alone in your struggles to find Tagalog classes because one of our listeners, Kyle, mm. um, who lives on the West Coast, uh-huh. was trying to take a class at a local school, but they had to cancel the class because there wasn't enough enrollment. So you're not alone.
3: That wait for Tagalog? People are for not Tagalog. learning speak, that is ridiculous. Tagalog. That, like, that is ridiculous because all the Filipinos live
0: out there. I know. Maybe they already know how to speak Tagalog. Oh, that's, that's a problem. True. Maybe. <laughs> Damn, I blame white
2: people. Same. (laughs) So I I apologize for cutting you off, Carlos. And in related money news, yes, money. uh, My goal was to save three thousand dollars and put that away between the start of our season and the end of our season. I am happy to report that as I've been continuing to save using my direct deposits and just putting it into a special bank account that I don't get to touch or manage. Uh, I am now at $1,125 put away. Yes. So we're just a little bit shy of yes. halfway there. And by next week when I get paid and the next funds go in, then I will be at halfway.
3: Come on, Susie Horman.
2: Yes.
1: <laughs> um, I hate
2: you. And it's good. And, I, you know, it's nice. Uh, you know, there is that saying that like money you never see is money you never miss, right? And so because it's not been in my checking account, there's no, not that there's no temptation for me to spend it, but I don't think about it as money that I should be spending or right. have the ability to spend because I'm like, no, it's locked away somewhere. Right. I don't want to touch it. Mm.
0: Um, is it a high yield spending account?
2: No. A savings
0: account? High-yield it's savings it's
2: account? just a regular savings account. But what I'd like to do once that's all done is figure out like where I want to direct the funds, maybe put it towards something that'll make me more money.
1: But for right now, the first thing was just like, put the money away. Mm. But we are growing our wealth. Yes, in honey, 2020. We have to. We have to yes. expand
2: my territory. Yes. yes.
1: Get that. Passive Alright T.D.
0: Jakes <laughs> Come on Mary Berry Come, come on prayer of J-Benz Take the shackles
1: off my feet Thank so you I can, I can dance, dance.
2: <laughs> Well I think we've all made Some amazing progress And I'm very proud of us And I look forward to Our next Gold Chicken But for now Let's take a quick break
3: Now that I'm thinking of Mary Mary plus Mary Berry I'm thinking <laughs> <laughs> Mary Mary Berry Take these shackles off My soggy <laughs> bottom <laughs>
0: Most of us have been there. Since the boom of social media, we've become closer, or constantly connected, rather, with family members, old friends from high school, college, or even childhood. And it's through this constant digital space that our ideas, ideologies, beliefs, and opinions are allowed to exist, rub up against each other, clash, And before we go down
1: this rabbit hole too far, we also want to acknowledge that this issue we're about to talk about isn't limited to just online spaces. We're connected to humans in real life, whether through work, recreational gigs, or our personal lives. So what do you do
3: when someone doesn't align with your spirit? What do you do when you find yourself constantly at odds with someone online or in real life? What do you do when a family member or friend triggers your anxiety? Every single time you're around them, or one of those same people constantly attempts to invalidate, demean, and belittle your existence.
2: We all just got through the holiday season, and many of us spent time with those types of people. Some of us might even have pending discussions with said folks
0: and don't know how to approach the conversation. Come on, Sailor Moon, get together. Uh, reading. Oh, yes. I'm. Great. Um, I'm Jupiter. I'm. Wait, no, I'm Mercury. I'm Mercury. I'll be Sailor Moon. I'm Mercury. June thirtieth. Cancer.
2: I mean, I'm also a Cancer, but I won't be Sailor Moon. I can be Venus because she was her stunt double and also cuter. Exactly. Can I be the cat? Luna?
0: Luna or Artemis? Sure. Or Diana? Luna. Okay. Luna's a bad bitch. She was.
3: Could (laughs) have had a pet.
1: Nope.
2: And Zach is Queen Barrel. Great.
3: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck my drag. Okay. That crystal ball.
2: Cool. Okay. So where do we want to start? I mean, what, Ooh, what do we do with toxic people? I mean, I think there's a difference, too, between um, I mean, there are people who are challenging in our life, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then at some point, there is there is a line that is crossed where it becomes toxic. And I wonder if people have had situations in their life or a way that they have defined what that crossover is.
3: For me, uh, growing up in, uh, I guess now, as of today, or as of 2016, a Republican state, which before I was, it was not, um, I guess it's realizing that, like, if these people are not, do not care enough about me or people like me, um, then I... I have to cut them off. Like, that's why last week I talked about that. I don't want to, I don't miss going, like, I miss my family, but I don't want to go back home and move. And that's the first time that I really felt that after when I left home, I was like, oh, I don't want to go back there.
1: Get me back to New York. Yeah,
3: I have to, like, <laughs> girl. It's uh, nice to visit. Right, for, briefly. Cue for a weekend. Cue for a weekend. And and also, like, last week when, when, I, when I spoke about, you know, I think that this applies too, that, you know, Truth Hurts 2020 Like, there will be casualties, and not every friend is going to make it to your promised land with you.
1: Um, Well, what's interesting in, in my experience, it's not just the people who are toxic, but it's also people who are attached to memories that are toxic for me in my space right now. Like, toward the end of last year, I actually went through and unfriended everybody I knew from church Because There's always this sort of Nagging thought in my mind What are the people who who Still who knew me in high school Or not in high school But in church As a teenager What must they be thinking about me And I had to be like You know what Fuck what they think about me right. Because That has nothing to do with me now I have nothing to do with them And they don't have any consequence They don't have to have any consequence mm-hmm. On my life from here on out So I had to sort of divorce that from my life, right? And, and and that's part of the the luxury of and privilege of living in New York City. It is such a big city that you just kind of have to stop going to the same neighborhood and you won't see most of those people <laughs> anymore. <laughs> that's, that's true. Because there's so many people here that you could just sort of get lost in the crowd and lose track of people. Um so there's been that part of it for me, but also um Just depending on the, like, depending on the spaces that you go into and you spend your time in, like, you can identify the people who are problematic, who push your buttons, and not not push your buttons in a way that's, like, challenging for you, in a way that grows you, grows your character, but people who just push your buttons the wrong way, the people who make you feel unsafe, and understanding, I don't have to be friends. With any of those people. I don't have to talk to any of those people. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that I don't try to be kind to those people because that's not how I want to operate. But I don't have to entertain a relationship with everybody. And just because I see people a couple times a month doesn't mean we even have to be friends on social media.
2: Mm -hmm. That's right.
1: Like my social media space can be my social media space. Mm. and you don't have to be a part of that because it is for
2: me. Mm. It is also optional. I just want everyone to know right. social media is optional.
3: Correct. Yeah, and you can be friends with them in the physical space. Exactly. Or you, you can could, be I could
0: see cordial. You. I can see you every week at a rehearsal, and you're still not going to be on my social media if right. I don't want you to be. Like, that's my space, so... You know, it's it's crazy to me. And like the thing that I want to lead off with is um, this idea. Uh, I'm playing white devil's advocate, and it usually is white people, but it's also <laughs> like, but it's also like, it's also people of color. So I'm not just going to say just white people. I don't know. But, I know
3: some pastors. But, but in
0: my experience with yeah. white people pertaining to what I'm about to say, as the white devil's advocate of this, like the antithesis of this conversation, is like well, like, don't be too sensitive or, like, you should stay around in these people. You should you should be that force that appears on their feed or be that person in their life so that you can lead as an example to show that everyone in your community is not what they have in their mind. And I'm like, fuck that. Like, I'm not here to educate. I'm not... Are you going to pay me? Like, because the way that the world is working right now is folks are getting left behind and canceled and buried alive because they h- hold these archaic views. So... I don't need to be the one to explain or be an example or a beacon or a light in your small closeted, small closeted, um, your little world. Mm. I don't need to do the work for you to come out of that ignorance. Like I can choose to live in my own bubble if I want to. And it's not like I'm unaware of what's outside of that, but there is a reason that we talk about self-care and there is a reason why we talk about mental preservation for ourselves. It's because we need to, we as a people, especially in the queer community, I just saw this amazing quote that someone, a lot of people posted talking about as queer adults, we're just now living life because, or rather all of our life, we um, have to like act a different way. Mm -hmm. You all saw that. I think all three of you reposted the quote. Mm -hmm.
1: Um, I didn't. I just saw that
0: everybody. I saw it. I was like, you know what I'm talking about? It's
2: like, uh, yeah, like as adults, like we're finally figuring out who we are because our entire formative, or for most of us, especially in our generation, like our formative years, we spent being a inauthentic version of ourselves. right? Um, And so because of that, we've built this false persona. And now only as adults, are we deconstructing what that is? And we're having to heal from all of the toxic behavior and things that we actually perpetuated upon ourselves right. because of the survival instincts that we had to do to get to where we are today.
0: And so because we have created that, uh, because we are now are getting rid of that old self of having to finagle our way through life at the expense of others, I don't want to have to be in their eyesight. Um, mm-hmm. If I don't want to, if they don't see it for me, then I don't see it for them. And I don't, was it earlier this episode or the last episode that I was like, that's my motto for this year is like, if you're not ride or die for me, then I don't know what to tell you. Right. Like, cause I'm not going to a censor myself. If I want to talk about a guy, I hook up with a guy and you're down there in Mississippi or somewhere else in New York conservative. And is like, well, I don't want to hear about this. Or, okay. Well, let me help you. Hey. <laughs> you can find your way to Block City, honey. Block City, Pennsylvania. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Block City in Pennsylvania.
1: Pennsylvania. In
0: <laughs> That's amazing.
1: Amazing. But also to that point it's just like, you know, it's it's the expectation to to do the homework for white people at least as far as that specific example is concerned mm-hmm. and all of us have expressed being tired of having to do that mm-hmm. at some point right. during the the almost 70 episodes of this podcast that we've done you're welcome to go back and listen to every single one to catch where but um honestly speaking just it it's no it's not our responsibility no. alone and people are only going to listen to the people they want to listen to and it's been made Fairly clear That those folks Don't want to listen To the words Coming out of Our mouths Yeah So At some point It's time for the people Who call themselves Allies Mm -hmm. To Step up And do the homework And to have those Conversations Because otherwise those allies are just toxic people right? Right. who are taking up our space, listening to our
0: words and then not doing anything And then there are people it. that who are not allies. <laughs> They're not allies and they don't even pretend to be allies for these people. And so I really want to think about the listeners, especially those ones that have probably just come out of holiday season, probably had a fight at a dinner table, mm-hmm. but this is a friend from elementary school or, but this is my mom or yeah. like, but this is my dad or, but this is my brother. Right. At some point, you have the right to cut them out of your life. Yep,
2: I can share a personal story with that. So um, it's 2020. My mom, in a month, my mom will have been gone for 14 years. Mm. And when my mom passed, I was living with her. My brother and I were living with her. My dad um, and mom got divorced, so my dad wasn't living with us. And so it was just us. And then my mother's side of the family, so my grandma and grandpa and one of my uncle's They were living in the same county as us. And one of my aunts was down further in South Florida near Miami. And the other one was in Fort Myers on the opposite coast. And when everything happened with my mom, things got really ugly with the family. Like nothing will bring people together or tear them apart like death. And so... We, and when I say we, I mean me, me, but I really did do it with like a consensus of like me and my brother and my dad. We made some decisions around what we wanted to do with the house and the estate and even just simple things like immediately changing the locks to the house because there were random people that had keys to the house and we didn't want people in the house unless we were there and we just kind of wanted our own space. And so um, because of those kinds of things and because of issues with the estate um, things got really, really ugly with the family. Like with my mom's side, they got really grabby. At one point, um, my brother was staying with my uncle who was living in Fort Myers and they were helping sort of take care of him and helping him with school and things like that. Because I was myself like 20 and going to college and trying to finish up and like also trying to take care of myself. So I couldn't do all of it at one time. And um, at one point, like he, my uncle brought my brother, grandmother over and my brother and he like cussed me out on my front door and told me that he was going to take the house away from me and he was going to own everything. And, um, like it was awful. My grandmother's like in the corner, like crying and like the whole thing was just a fucking disaster show. And so anyway, I say that to say that that those were the kinds of things and experiences that I had that were really, really, really damaging. And so, um, even when it is family and sometimes maybe even especially when it is family, because these are people that in theory are supposed to be there for you and supposed to support you and love you unconditionally. If those people are not there for you in your moment of absolute need, then you actually don't need them. So it has been a very long journey and I was full of like rage and anger and resentment to that side of my family for the longest time and the only way that I could get over it or get through it maybe is was by letting them go. Mm-hmm. And I ceased all contact and communication with that side of my family. I do not actively seek them out today. It's been 14 years. I I do I do believe in my heart that I have worked through that and I do forgive them because I understand that they were grieving and they didn't know how to express it. And they are also like a treasure trove of all different kinds of mental illness, etc. However, like we were talking before, it's not an excuse, but it is a reason. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, because of that situation, like I had to make a decision. So
3: those are people. the, The the onus of like who should be apologizing and trying to work this out is not on you. Sure, you are a twenty-year-old who just lost their parent, whose home you shared with them. Mm-hmm. They are an adult, point blank, cut and dry. Period. Right. They are in a They are a grown-up. Right. Did not who may may have lost a daughter or a sister. Yes, but they still have certainty in their lives. Right. You were, so, I had to cut a family member family member out uh, last month not necessarily cut out, but not reopen a channel of communication. I realized that, um, so on my mom's side of the, my dad's side of the family, we are all very close cause we're Filipino on my mom's side of the family. While we are still very close, there's also, you know, 10 brothers and sisters, three of them, uh, are lesbians. And those three plus my mom, those three plus my mom stayed in Michigan with my grandparents and supported my grandparents. The other brothers and sisters all moved down down south where my grandfather was originally from. And, um, I realized that when one of my aunts passed away, uh, into, in like 2000, uh, 2000 or 2001, um, when she passed away, some of those brothers and sisters did not come to the funeral because they are very conservative. Uh, a few others did come to the funeral and had very select things to say about her, even though she had just passed away. Mm. Um, some of those family members still have select things to say about my other my remaining aunt um in michigan and um i realized that like when some of these family members over the over december were trying to add me on facebook or trying to talk to me or call me to check in like you know i'll see you when my grandmother passes away i don't need to talk to you now like you're also you're all losers <laughs> Like you you're all you like you are Trump supporting welfare Medicare never worked in your life, conservatives. I don't need you. Go with God. I'm leaving you to quote Carlos, I'm leaving them in God's hands. Thank you. Because, God's
0: hands. Well, God's <laughs> hands. God's
3: and and, hands. and also another another thing I've realized too, and I'll I'll keep this part short, but like you know, sometimes you have to, to Jojo's point about being able to go somewhere else and like have a completely different circle of friends, like I've realized in my life there have been so many times where I've had to cut everything out, move into a new space, whole new friend circle, and I'm so thankful that I haven't had to do that with my current group of friends through the PAO. I haven't had to, and that's really, really nice. Mm -hmm. Um, When it happens, I'm sorry, but we'll always be friends. I'm just
1: kidding. uh, Just a... uh, a point to think about for for us and for our listeners like something that I'm doing is analyzing where I'm the toxic person and where I'm doing that is at home right now so just in transparency so that that folks are so so folks can hear that real life does happen like my sister has been very good to me this this past year that I've been struggling and she's covered Uh, my part of the utilities for several months and I owe her money for that and like I I said a couple weeks ago um, I still owe her at this point as we're recording this I still owe her her some money back for the rent and it's gotten to a point where she's had to tell me that um, like I've got a get a handle on this quickly or we're going to have a conversation about either I'm going to have to get out of, of our home <laughs> or, or, or just stay on the couch and we find somebody else who can cover the bills or, or like, well, that, that's the situation. Right. So, um, and I have to, I have nothing but admiration for her to be able to tell me to my face this is where we're at. I cannot do this anymore. Mm. And so that's where I'm at in doing this homework as fast as I can to get myself right and to fix what my routines are or to act, to get myself on a routine period, <laughs> to be honest and, and to, to, to gather my edges once and for all, because I don't want that to have to be something that hangs over the relationship I have with my sister because she means that much to me. So um, I want to, again, like I was talking before, I think last episode, it's just like, yeah, I have this thing that that has been getting in my way my entire life, but I can no longer let that get in my way because while it's it's a dysfunction, it's something that I can manage. I just have to do better about it and be proactive about it. Mm. So, um, so yeah, I just, a point to think about is analyzing as you're thinking about who the toxic people are in your life, you might need to start thinking about where you bring toxicity into your relationships.
3: Mm. Mm. Well, Jonathan, I had a question about on the subject, like to dovetail off Jojo, like if, if you've cut out someone who is being toxic in your life um, and they come to this realization like how how is it best for someone who has been cut out of a relationship or a friendship to go about like fixing or healing these wounds.
0: Mm, for me or
3: yeah, how do, yeah, well for anyone, like if, if you've cut someone out, what is how what is the best way for them to try to like fix or resolve an issue?
0: I it's uh I mean if I've cut someone out, then it's because I feel that they've done something to me. Mm. So they need to acknowledge that in written form, mm-hmm. and then send it to me. So you said, and, what about the letter? Yes. And <laughs> <laughs> wait for a response. And if it doesn't come, then they just just be, it's, it's, on, it's now on my time. Mm. But I also feel that at that, like, in order, to, you, when you cut people out, it's not, like, you have to be able to do that. And I, I'm very afraid for, like, for me, it's just easy. It is an easy thing. I can do it with friends, family, and move on. But I'm afraid that a lot of people are not able to do And I'm afraid that and I, I I believe that's why we're having the conversation today is because there are people who continue to maintain these toxic relationships where it's people cursing them out on their doorstep or mm. people speaking against them on every Facebook post or gossiping about them in uh, church. And they get, it gets back to them yeah. um, and, and not cutting those people out because they care about the person. Or they, care, they think they care about the person or whatever. So for me, and I think for anybody else that is ready to welcome that person back, you need to do it cautious. You need to be cautious. You need to be prayed up. And they need to uh, be able to discern if this is a genuine effort. But they, that person needs to show a genuine effort that they want to come back into your life. Because if they leave it uh, open, or you know, they're not trying. Oh, uh, there also needs to be some time right? It can't just be next week. Like, I'm sorry about what I know. If it's gotten to the point where you had to cut this very important, allegedly person out of your life, then there needs to be time. Right. Mm -hmm. There just needs to be time. You have to go
1: into it fully aware because it can be like getting back with that ex. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. you know, relationships are just as heavy, even if they're not romantic.
0: With that, that is our time. (gasps) Uh, I just want to once again say to all my queer ass folk out there, go out into the world armed with more knowledge and a reaffirmed spirit. I'm Jonathan. I'm Zach. I'm Carlos. And I'm Joe Lee. And this was the award-winning
1: this Cupac Life. This Cupac Life.
2: It's Dum Park Life It's Dum
3: Park Life